to ASMR Tira de Hueo. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, Dr. Andrew Michaels shares a story you may find difficult to believe, but always remember, the world is a strange place. You never know what you may find hidden in the data lurking around the next corner, or slipping past the edge of the telescope. Good afternoon. So glad you joined me today. Um, I'm not sure how to talk about this, but I feel I must. If you listened to last week's show, which I hope you do, I told you the story about a um, man stalking women on a nature trail. Now this is a clearly defined nature trail. And he was painting I see you on the trees and leaving painted chalk faces and different phrases on the trees to frighten the women. And I told you that when he finally escalated things to violence and attacked a woman that my partner and associate that I work with helped solve the crime by contacting the authorities and that I basically led the charge to capture the man. Well, when my (laughs) very brave and courageous assistant, my associate, my partner in crime, heard my podcast, they asked me why I told the story I told, because it wasn't true. I have to admit it right now to all of you. The story I told you last week was almost all a fabrication. It's true up to a point when the young lady was attacked and ran to the trail and asked my associate for help. All of that was true. And it was true that she called 911. But after that, the story is very different than what happened in reality. I didn't tell a fabrication to cover anything up. I thought I was telling a story to protect a friend and associate. And I didn't want them... Well, I thought I was protecting them. 
and in reality I was not. The true hero of this story is the person I'm going to talk about now. And my motivations for covering up the truth were to protect this person. I was afraid of there might be retribution or retaliation. And I also wanted to protect the fact that my friend, as brave as the, she is, put herself in harm's way. And I didn't want to promote that. I never want to see anybody put themselves in harm's way, even if it means stopping a crime. If you can avoid danger, you always should, I think, in life. But in this case, my friend took danger head-on, risked everything, risked her life, her safety, and put herself in a position where she was very, very, very alone in this world, and anything could have happened. And I don't want to promote that, but in doing so, I hurt my friend's feelings. So I feel I must tell you the actual truth of the I see you attacks that occurred on that trail and their eventual conclusion. Now, as I had told you previously in last week's story, a young lady was attacked by a masked man who drug her into the brush. My friend was walking along the trail and she knew the woman was behind her and she turned around on the trail and was walking back when she saw the people ahead of her turn around and head back she decided it was more important to keep other people between her visually so that she could uh, you know in her own way there was people there and you weren't necessarily alone and people were within sight of each other well, when she turned around to go back to her car, the girl that was previously walking behind her was no longer on the trail. Now, this could have been because the girl turned around and went back herself. So she didn't give it a lot of thought at first. But as she approached the parking lot, she realized there was a rumbling, there was a lot of noise. There was a lot of bustling and snapping of twigs and leaves moving and stuff being stepped on in the brush to the right of her. Something was going on. So she froze stiffly. She was on the phone with me. And lo and behold, a young lady came tearing out of the woods, disheveled, completely a wreck. Her hair messed up, scratches all over her, screaming her head off. She had gotten loose from her attacker. My friend, in that very quick moment, turned to her right and saw a masked man running through a very narrow passage in the woods. She caught something in her mind's eye. She saw him going through a tiny little path in the brambles, in the bushes, and he disappeared. 
She grabbed the lady, comforted her. I told her immediately, you call 911 and I will too and I'll come right to where you are at. <clears throat> and she did exactly that. She called 911 and she waited with the other couple that had walked up by this point. The other couple had walked up to their, their position and they were all on the phone with 911 and they were comforting and consoling this young lady. Now, here's where the story diverges from my telling to what really happened. As unbelievable as it might seem, my friend, a very short lady with very long hair, decided on the spur of the moment, hanging up with 911, to go up and follow the man before he got away, before he got too far away. And I kid you not, this petite lady, who knows only rudimentary martial arts self-defense training that you learn when you work with me in our department, who was totally outclassed by this man, he was a lot bigger, decided to follow him alone through the woods. She told the people what she was doing, told them to take the lady to the parking lot, and then she bolted up through the path that she had spotted and started following the young man. Her instincts were correct. He was trying to get away to a point, but he was still lurking to see what was going on. Because as soon as she went through the path out into an open field, she saw him hiding behind a tree. He saw her. She saw him. And she immediately yelled at the top of her voice. I see you, and pointed at him, I see you, and he took off, took off. Now, he was on the other side of the path, and as he took off, he just disappeared into the woods, back onto a trail. For all she knew, he could have ran a few feet and then hid in a position waiting for her. But she barreled on, she crossed the field, and entered the woods where she saw him go in. She looked around. She was very careful. She didn't see anything. She didn't hear anything. She would take a few steps, listen, take a few steps, listen, take a few steps, listen. Always watching, watching for areas she thought, well, if he is there, he would be behind that. He would be behind this. And he wasn't anywhere to be seen. So she felt more confident, and then she started walking a little quicker, a little further. And then she realized he wasn't there. She saw a little tiny mark in the ground where his foot had hit some wet mud, a wet spot, and he had left a track. It looked very fresh. She's not an expert, but it sure looked like that was him. And he was taken off. It was, a, it was somebody running. And they slipped in some mud. So she assumed he's really running. So she 
in turn, started speeding up her process, trying to catch up to him. And sure enough, she got through this small tree line and into another field. This field was before a neighborhood. And lo and behold, there he was, her masked assailant that she was chasing was right there on the edge of this very long open field heading into a neighborhood of houses. He was not looking back. He was barreling forward and he soon disappeared into the neighborhood beyond. She got him. She knew where he was going. But who was he? Where did he go? She pressed further. She crossed the field. Now, by this time, her phone is blowing up. <clears throat> I'm calling her. Where are you? What in the world are you doing? By this time, the police and myself have arrived at the parking lot. The police are taking questions from the lady or, or answer, you know, questioning the lady and questioning the witnesses. And the witnesses told the police that my friend went up into the woods after the man. Two officers were in pursuit. They were already going up through and finding themselves a very hard time getting through the brambles. I heard all this on the radio and I'm frantically calling my friend, where in the heck are you? And she will not answer her phone. We were all mortified. I told the police who I was and why I was there. And um, the ambulance showed up for the lady that was injured. Paramedics showed up. And then the police brought a canine dog in. And the dog followed up and found the two officers who were struggling to get through the brambles. He had a very well-concealed little path that he was very careful not to damage coming in, but there was a way in and out that was very well concealed for him, and they just hadn't found it. When they got the canine dog there, they found the path immediately, and it opened up into the field beyond the woods, and they were able to start following along. Now, by this time, my friend was in the actual neighborhood, and she called me. She called me to tell me she followed him quite a distance to a neighborhood beyond. She gave me a street address. I immediately told the police. And they said, well, that's, it'd be easier to just drive around to get to that neighborhood. So we jumped into a patrol car while I kept her on the phone. And she said, look, I'm still going after him. And the police and I were both telling her, stop, disengage, don't do this. No, he's not getting away. And she went up into the neighborhood and started to look around. Where was he? Where did he go? She knew if I keep walking along here, he's going to see me. He might even come out. And she was ready for him. I couldn't believe the audacity of my friend. She was so angry at this man and what he had done to this woman. 
and she was so tired of being on the sidelines, watching women get assaulted, watching women get hurt, watching children get hurt, watching children get abused, watching men be murdered in the cold of the night, and always the, the villain gets away. She wanted justice. She didn't want this guy to get away. And she was loud, and she was obnoxious about it. And she wanted him to know, I followed you here. I saw what you did. I saw what you did, and you're not getting away with this. And her plan worked probably too well. As she was walking by a house, she saw a curtain flutter. And she knew that was him. She didn't see anything. She didn't have any reason to believe that it was him. But she said, that's him. No cars in the drive. No lights on. The house looks dead. And that curtain fluttered. She knew it was him. And she stood there. And she called the police and said, I think I know exactly which house he's in. And she gave the address. As she was giving the address, the front door of that house opened up. And sure, as the day is long, the young man who had been doing all the stalking, who attacked that woman, was standing there with a weapon in his hand. And he opened the door. And just looked at my friend. And she looked right into his eyes. And she said, I see you. And the terror, the pure terror she saw in that moment. All the anger, all the frustration, all the hatred that he had in his eyes drained out of him. She stood there completely fearless in that second. Her arms, her whole body shaking like a leaf, but she stuck her finger out and pointed right at him. And she spoke for every victim of all of his crimes. And she said, I see you. She said it with such conviction and judgment that it flushed all of his strength from his body. He froze. And it seemed like minutes went by, but it was only seconds where they stared each other down and she saw something that she couldn't believe. All that anger seething up inside her. All that verbose strength that she had. And she realized, oh my God, I'm going to get killed here if I'm not careful. And in that second where she was thinking that thought in her mind that I might have made a mistake here, she looked in his eyes and saw the exact opposite. He had genuine fear, remorse in his eyes. His mouth fumbled for words. He couldn't speak. And he ducked back into the house and slammed the door. She couldn't believe it. He was more afraid of her in that moment than she was of him. 
through all her strength. She backed him down. She put the fear into that man. And it felt like a shockwave. He ran from me. What am I doing here? Was the first thought that went through her mind. What am I freaking doing here? I'm going to get killed. And genuine fear did creep over her. She stepped back and waited for the police to show up. Right around the same time that we showed up in the cruiser, the canine unit had came right up to where she was standing. The police contacted the people in the house. She said, it's him. I saw him. I know it's him. They contacted him, and he agreed to lay his weapon down and lie down and allow the police to come into the home. At this point, they really didn't have anything to accuse him of except an eyewitness that thought that this was him. And they didn't really know anything, so they approached the house, and he opened the door and let them in. Now, instead of having him come out of the house, you know, he, they went in voluntarily, and he, he let them in. A few moments later, they brought him out handcuffed. He admitted everything. He admitted everything that he did, he'd done. Enough to a point where they arrested him and decided to take him in. My friend was outside. EMS was there, the canine unit. And I think the weight, the gravity of everything she had just been through kind of hit her all at once. And she realized how much danger she had put herself in. We placed a blanket over her shoulders and she was leaning against the police vehicle. And as they brought him out, she stood up. The blanket fell off of her shoulders. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. She looked six feet tall. I tried to stop her, putting my hand up, and she brushed my arm aside. She stepped forward onto the sidewalk as the police were bringing him down the walkway towards the sidewalk, and she raised her finger up again, and it was like a demon inside her coming out. And she said, I know what you did. I saw you. I see you. Now I see you for just what you are. The chill was palpable. Grown men all standing there, frozen for a moment. The man shaking, his legs going rubber, his legs collapsing underneath him, crying, reducing himself to the stupor of a five-year-old child, throwing a tantrum, 
crying. They drug him the rest of the way to the police vehicle and placed him inside. I couldn't believe what I had seen. She had reduced this maniacal, evil man to tears. There was something about the power she was exhibiting that brought true fear and anguish to him. The light of truth to be caught, to be unmasked, it destroyed him. Her fearlessness at standing up to this violence, to this kind of man who was aggressive, evil, to show that she turned his bag of dirty tricks on him, called him out the same way he brought fear to women all along that walking path. I see you. Now I see you. She took all of his power. She took all of his strength. She reduced his primate mind to a reptile. And she showed him for the scaly lizard that he truly was in reality. I worry that she put herself in harm's way. But sometimes we have to stand up to the demons and the devils in our world. Sometimes we have to stand up and fight monsters, whether we think we can handle it or not. My friend was very brave, very courageous. I'm sorry I didn't tell the truth last week, and I told you a sugar-coated version of a scary story. In some ways, this story, for lack of a better term, fear even to me. The strength she exhibited, I had never seen that before. The conviction in her eyes, her finger raising up, her voice, the sound of those words coming from her mouth, I can't replicate them here. It sent a chill through my body that I'll never forget. She was channeling great anger and great energy through her body that day. The power I saw was hard to describe. And I felt pity for that man. I should not have, but I pitied him because he was totally outgunned by my friend I hope to talk to you again next week when I have more scary stories for the Halloween season to share thank you for joining me this week and I hope you forgive me for this convoluted tale 
We'll have an exciting story next week. Sure to bring chills to you again. As this one brought chills to me. Until then, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huello. Please take a moment to share this podcast with someone who might enjoy it and to rate or review it on your podcast player of choice. Those small things only take a few minutes and they really do help our podcast grow. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash We have also started uploading earlier podcast episodes to YouTube. Another one goes up every Thursday night at youtube.com slash ASMR Links to connect with us on social media and to take a look at our merchandise can be found in the show notes. The theme song Atlantis is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tiradohueo at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels and his entire staff, thank you.